What up, guys? Welcome to the new American Dream Podcast. I'm your host, George Gibson. All right, we got another great show today. Two damn you rattlers on the mic talking about financial freedom. Where would you ever believe or you heard that, right? So today's guest, financial, financially free, doing what she loved, use real estate, leverage her job, all the above. We talk about how to use your job to make the money to become totally financially free and live the life that you desire and dream. So one of the key things, you know, even me right now, I'm doing spring cleaning. Me and my wife, you know, you start that, you know, you got, I think we got like two Amazon accounts. We might got two Netflix accounts. You might've signed up for um, some exclusive thing just for a trial and then you paying every month and don't even know it. Start spring cleaning, erasing them expenses. You got two Netflix accounts, let's cancel one. Saving on expenses. Today's guest, she talked about how important it is to eliminate your expenses is the key to true financial freedom. And financial freedom, you know, I think everybody used to want to be a millionaire, but I'm telling you guys, this episode will let you get an insight of, you know, financial free and being able to do what you love, you know, not having to do something because of uh, currency or money. So this episode, I want you to listen to some of the ways you can become, you know, more, uh, have more of your time. That's the goal. You want to be able to do what you want Saturday morning, just as well as Monday morning, you know? So enough of me talking, let's get into this show. Great guest, very knowledgeable. And I believe it's, it, I mean, it's no secret, you know, follow these steps and you will be successful and, and reach financial freedom. So enough of me talking, welcome to the show. We have Antoinette. All right, welcome to the show, Antoinette. Hi, thank you for having me. Yes, so let the people know a little bit about who you are and what you do. Okay, well, I'm Antoinette. I am the face behind Fearless and Free Fi. Um, what I do is try to share what I did to achieve financial freedom through real estate investing and to help other young professionals achieve the same. Okay, so like, let's go back. How was your life growing up before, you know, this stage? Like, what was your life like? Um, well, I'm from Miami Gardens. You know, born and raised in the county of Dade, so my life would be like anybody else's was living in Miami Gardens. Um, I'm the youngest of eight, so a pretty large family. And if anybody's familiar with Miami Gardens, it's not maybe the fanciest place to live. So uh, financial strain is something we're familiar with. But um, I, I'd say I grew up just like everybody else, like nothing special, no privileges, just uh, everybody trying to survive. Okay, so like, were your parents business owners or were they working a regular like nine to five job? So my mom was a school bus driver. Um, she drove me to school pretty much everywhere I went. So that was cool. And my dad was an AC and refrigeration repair guy. So kind of handyman, jack of all trades. Okay. He had his own business or was he just like... Yeah, so he did have his own business. I think initially, by the time I was born and around, he was freelancing and running his own business. Okay, so do you think, um, well, I ain't gonna say do you think, 
did they talk to you at that age about like money or business? No, no, there were no talks about anything. I they got up and went to work, worked all day, and came home and went to bed. Right, so there were no money talks. I guess if you're saying what did I learn about money growing up? Yes. It's more so I had really good examples of what not to do, right? So there were financial struggles, credit issues, debt. Um, so I learned very early on not to do those things. Okay. Okay. All right. So, all right, you go, you growing up in high school, what, what type of student were you? Were you really like, you know, I was a 2.8, 2.7 GPA type student, but what was like, your peers, what did they like look at you as? Um, well, in high school, high school mattered, right? Because right. growing up in the hood, you say you either, there are only a few ways to get out. So right. for me, it was going to be college. And I knew my family couldn't pay for that. So I needed to get scholarships. So for high school, I was very um, careful about maintaining grades, getting into an honors or an AP class so I could have extra weight on my grade because the goal was to get a scholarship. That was gonna be the only way I could afford to go to college. So I would a lot of times be the only black person in my class. Um, as you get into the AP classes, it would just kind of phase out. So um, yeah, that was high school. So I, I mean, evidently if you were in an AP class, you were definitely naturally kind of smart. Like, I mean, it's easier in AB class, quite honestly. When you get to AP, they're like talking to you about their thoughts and theories. It's not the grinding work that you do in a regular class where they constantly bog you down with assignments and book work and questions. So it it don't let that fool you. It's it's easier in AP. So that that goes what this uh, like I was saying that because in middle school, people in honor classes, AP classes, they're looked at as smarter, but really I think it's more about, um, like you said, they put you in this class. Some people get put in that class just because they well-known or their parents well-known. So we're going to put them in honors, you know, mm -hmm. it like in middle school. Cause I don't think, I think you, you learn kind of like what you're around. Cause in high school, I need a 3.0 for uh, bright futures. I remember. So I had to take all honors classes, like my senior year, you know, in order to get a 3.0. And it really was no different to be honest. Yeah. I think what's different is how they treat you or the approach where it's more of discussion based. So similar to what like a college lecture lecture would be versus just like doing book work. Right. Okay. All right. So after high school, you go to college and what lessons did you learn from college? Or did you go to college? You went to college, right? You said. You I did was... go to college. I went to Florida a and I'm a proud oh, rattler. Uh, I'm a rattler. I was Oh, okay. What year yeah. did you graduate? I graduated 2012. Okay. I came out in 2008. Um, okay. So I did five-year SBI program. So a lot of what you learn going through the SBI program is how to, I, I would say how to approach your life as if you're running your, your own business. You are the business of you. Um, so knowing how to carry yourself, how to present yourself to people, Knowing what you're worth, those would be the things that I, I learned in college. Did you have the guy to teach you the handshake? I forgot his name. He was really big. He taught the professional development class. Dr. Ashley? Yes, I had Dr. Ashley. And I never realized, like, that was a big, like, 
now I look at it like he was real. He was right. You know, like we used to make us wear these suits to these forums. Like, why we got to wear that? He had the women shake the hand just like another man is shaking another man's hand. Like all them little things I think matter, you know, now it looks mm-hmm. like it. Yeah, I mean, it's good tools to have. It's, it's the soft skills that you aren't going to learn in a class or in the work environment, but to come into the environment with them already was quite useful. Yes. Dang, that's crazy. I was an SBI. So, all right. So, we pretty much like the same type of college life. All right. After college, did you go work for one of the big firms or what was next? Yeah, so after college, uh, my last semester, I got an offer before graduating from a CPG company, and I moved to Memphis to take that job. So I went into like a sales management trainee role. So it was a two-year program where you would kind of rotate through different uh, jobs to come out into managing a team. So that was college, but I knew before I took that job that I didn't really want to work in corporate. Like while I was at FAM, my internships over the summer would be at different record labels and things. So at the time I thought I was going to go be in the music industry. Um, But I had student loans when I was graduating. And mostly when you're starting in the music industry, it's unpaid, it's internship heavy. So I was like, I need to just take a job, pay off these student loans. And then once that's done, I will go back and try to chase my music dream. So I, for the first two years, all I focused on was paying off the debt that I had. Like I didn't go on trips. I didn't buy clothes or do all this eating out and stuff. I just threw the money at the debt and knocked out all of my student loans in the first two years. Yeah. So people are listening. That was the key. What you just said for the first two years, you sacrificed a lot. And I think that's what like nowadays people don't realize they think it's like instant, but you just say you're going no trips for two years, not really eating out. That is a, like the stepping stone to, you can say, financial freedom, right? Absolutely. I, I would say that the, when you graduate college, the decisions you make, the purchases you make or don't make in the first five years, that's going to set the foundation for the rest of your life. That's going to dictate whether or not retiring early becomes a true option for you, or if you're going to be working until 65. So starting with eliminating debt, that was crucial. There are many people that graduated at the same time as us that still have their student loans and they've grown. By knocking that out right away, that's not something I've ever had to worry about. So now the majority of my earning years while I'm employed, that's money coming to me, not me paying off a debt or a loan. And then I took the third year to focus solely on savings. So by the end of three years, I had paid off 27,000 in debt and had $50,000 in the bank. So to do that your first three years out of college, now you have choices, right? If you love your job, you can continue to ride that out. If you didn't, you could leave because you should be able to live off that for a year or two while you change careers or start a business or figure out what you want to do with your life. Yeah, so what do your peers, your coworkers, um, did you tell them like, your plans on like you may be trying to retire early or were you just working a job? What did your peers or coworkers think about this? At first I didn't tell them. So like that first two, three years, nobody knew what I was doing, but my family. Um, Because it's like, you know, you're like undercover at work. I don't want you to know I really don't want to be here. And I'm just like using you for a check for this other plan. Because if you knew that you wouldn't be giving me opportunities or promoting me. So that really had to be something that I kept under wraps. I think as I got older and more established in my career um, and a little more on my resume, I could share here and there with a few people that I would get close enough to. But for the most part, it was like, it was my secret. Okay. Yeah, it's, 
Because that's that's even your family. So they when you say my goal is to retire, you know, early at this young age, what were their reaction? Were they like, you need to work? What was it? A combination of things like I, I they are used to me coming up with like these grand ideas. ideas of what I'm not going to do. And they were just like, oh, this is just her again. Or, doing another one of those silly things that she does. Uh, for the year that I was saving, I was only using $400 a month out of my salary. And they were just like, why are you doing that? This is ridiculous. You know, just kind of live a little or you cheapy, cheapy, make cheaper sin. So they didn't understand. They didn't try to stop me per se, but it was more like a just, here she go again. They didn't believe you because they didn't see the vision. And that's like, one thing too, if you got a vision, like you had this vision already, you seen yourself where you're at right now, but it's hard for somebody else to have that same vision. So a lot of times you have to just trust your, your gut, you know? Mm -hmm. So, all right, like, all right. For instance, say God came down, like whispered in your ear. What would you, what would you think he'd tell you your purpose is? Like why you're here on earth? Like he like, internet, I want you to do this. Like, what would it be? Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Okay, I have no idea. Um, <laughs> I, I am a firm believer that the, your inner, vo inner voice is right. probably going to be the closest thing to, to truth than anything else. And so I can't say that I ever thought about that question or even, even considered that. And I do feel like sometimes that I don't have a purpose per se. I'm not necessarily a purpose-driven person. Mm. I'm just trying to do good while I'm here and enjoy what I have while I have it. Makes sense, okay. As I, but it seems like you, you know exactly what you wanna do, you know, because you are you financial free, what, what are your, um, you know, what do you do now? What excites you? What's on your mind? I think I'm excited by like trying something new, right? Like I don't, it looks like I know exactly what I'm doing or what I want to do, but really I'm just like taking the next step towards whatever pops in my head at the time. So I would love to say, oh, there's this grand plan of, I see myself 10 years from now owning this many properties at XYZ. And it's not really like that. I usually, I'll do a, like a five-year plan and I think of more like, what do I want to feel like every day? What do I want to be able to do or have access to? And then I look for opportunities to help make that a reality. Um, and a lot of it changes, right? Like sometimes what I start with, a starting idea as I start exploring, it turns into something else. So I think there's a, a fluidity to to the process or the path, it's not kind of rigid or set in stone. I'm, I'm more open to, you know, whatever might happen next, but the only thing I may know for sure is the next step I'll take or the next thing I'll try. Okay, so for people, like, say they got goals, how can they, like, accomplish, like, you do you have a certain way you go about accomplishing your goals? Like, is it like, like, what do you do? What's your, like, way of accomplishing goals? Because many people got goals, but they might feel like, they like they can't accomplish it. It's too hard. They can't save enough. 
Yeah, I'm a planner. So I do, I'll, I'll make a five-year plan. That's kind of my thing. That's how I was able to pay off that debt and save the first five years out of college. I call it a five-year plan. So I do everything in five-year chunks. I'll think about what the end goal is, what things do I want to have achieved within that five years. And then I'll back into it with a year one plan or goals, year two, year three, year four, which should ladder me up to the overall goal that I want to achieve at the end of the five years. So I think you dream big, have your big goal, and then you back it down into, okay, well, what do I have to do today? What do I have to do this week? What do I have to do next month to move in that direction? Right. Oh, man, this is crazy. All right. Two, all right. What's your real estate strategy? Um, maybe has it changed since you started or is it the same? It's changed. It changes every day. So when I started, my real estate was, I wasn't a real estate investor, right? I was just like pursuing financial independence and wanted to buy something cheap enough that I could pay off within five years. And going through that process, I became a real estate investor. I became a short-term rental host. And that is what led me to building out a real estate portfolio. So I focus on house hacks. Step one is whatever you live in, it should pay for itself or at least be significantly reduced. So house hack, don't buy your dream home, buy a home that pays for itself. And then from there, each time you purchase a home, I'm looking at it as this is a future rental property, right? So I'm gonna come in here, I'm gonna live, I'm gonna set this up, and then I'm gonna move out and rent that out and build my portfolio slowly. Man, need like a loudspeaker for this because that are for many, a lot, I mean, most people on this podcast listening should know what a house hack is. But that's like game changer, what you said. Cause that's that's basically like I feel like me personally, I wasn't making a lot of money, but I house hacked. So house hacking allowed me to have no housing expense. And it's like mm -hmm. the the most expensive expense of expense, if that makes sense. It's you know? the reason you go to work every day. You go to work to pay for a place to live. Yeah. If you eliminate that expense, what would you do with that freedom? Then second, most people buy a car. If you don't have a car payment, them like the two most important things I can say, right? Yep. And I don't have either of those. <laughs> like, so oh, if you man. don't have those two big, big bills, your need for money is a lot different. Your need for the salary you make or to go to work every day is a lot different if it even exists. Exactly. And a lot of people thought I was making like so much money and I'm like, you make more money than me, but I didn't have no expenses. Like I, like you said, car payment and house payment. They're like the main two. I see like, especially I was a mailman. Everybody get that first good career job and they go get that four or $500 car payment. And I'm like, you know, it's like, yeah. you just, I don't know, it's the wrong way. Too you just early. guaranteed yourself X amount of years that you have to work. Have to so work. definitely, like you said, it's the wrong way. It's too early. Like when you graduate, when you first get a career, when you first get a certain salary job, like that, that five-year plan, that's your foundation. What you do in that first five years will dictate what happens the rest of your financial life. So, so right now, what is, who, who, like, what's your support, support system look like? Your team? Um, my team, my well, boyfriend. you know, yeah, you got like, and I know you probably like, man, I don't got a team, but I mean like people yeah. you bounce ideas off of, you high level talk thinking, you know? Actually, I'm very bad at that. I actually wish I had like a mentor group or peer group that were 
in this industry that I would go to for advice or talk to. So I, I need to do a better job at that. So really my team is like my boyfriend. He helps me. I talk to him. I bounce ideas off of him, my sister, my mom, just like my immediate friends and family, even though they don't understand what I'm talking about, sometimes it's enough for me to just say it out loud to be able to think through it a little more. And I'm working on doing a better job at building a network of people within real estate or within FI to have those sounding boards. Yeah, uh, I've tried to do this. I haven't been really consistent, but like maybe because I interviewed a lot of millionaires. I never knew millionaires until I started doing this podcast. And I'm like, maybe I should call like, maybe not even me, you know, or just a successful person once a week or something, like somebody random in my phone, you know, because really I talk to like the same people majority of the time, you know, mm-hmm. because you never, like, you need that. That's what they have these mastermind groups because it, it helps, you know, because your idea sometimes you need, you could, if you talk to a person that got that same big mind like you, that what makes it go, I think, you know? Yeah. And I'll probably, I spend a lot of time listening to podcasts. So even though I don't have like an immediate relationship with that type of network, I'm consuming that info through podcasts and listening to different things every day. So I still get that, that exposure or that influence just indirectly. Yeah. So that's what, that's what it is right there. So you got a lot, you probably got Grant Cardone, Brandon Turner, you got high level people. And that's what I think people forget too. Like, cause I, I was in a mail, I was in a mail truck for five years and that's what I did. I listened to podcasts. So I, I was telling people that was my friends, like Grant Cardone, Gary V, Brandon Turner. They were like, like they're I, in your head every day, right? Yes. Like that's your, that's the five people that you're surrounded by the most. Yes. I was surrounded by them the most. And it, I didn't realize how much I was actually learning until I'm like, man, I, they start getting like repeated. Like I can't listen to this podcast. I already heard this. I already heard this. Like, dang it. I, you know, so it's like, I don't know. But yeah, that makes sense what you said. Uh, what's the biggest task you're trying to accomplish right now or goal before it goes on? So I have a habit of doing like multiple things at once. So there are like three pillars. I'm in the process of converting the current properties to a group home. So a home for persons with disabilities. So that's kind of one section all by itself. Um, I'm also in the process of looking for a multifamily. So either a multifamily to acquire myself or a multifamily operator to partner with, to bring in the short-term model. Um, And I think the third, I'm looking to purchase new vacation rentals in like true vacation markets. So those three things, well, actually I'm going to change the third one. Third is this, right? It's sharing more. It's uh, building a social media following, it's offering courses and coaching to those that want to achieve the same thing. So I'll back that up. So that's group homes, um, the courses and social media. And what was the other thing I said? You remember? No. The first one, wait, wait, you changed the last one. I know that. Oh, the apartment <laughs> complex. Yes. yes. So group homes, apartment complex, social media courses, coaching. Yeah. No, that's a strong, busy lineup right there. You know what I mean? It is busy. <laughs> but I mean, I can see you doing it. I can see you doing it. You know, it's just, that's great. Are you in Florida investing? Yeah, I'm in Orlando. Okay. See, and we're right by each other. That's crazy. Like, Where are you? I'm in Vero Beach. So it's like, oh, okay, yeah. Yes. And we buy properties, and I don't even know you, and you buy properties. You see how that's like, 
I don't know. I feel like that's crazy, you know, because I feel like I'm the only person my age kind of doing it. But then you over there doing it. But I think you got people got to, um, you know, build together in order, like you said, go bigger. I haven't partnered with nobody besides one person so far, you know. Same. But, I've had one partner. I've done two flips with the same partner. And that's about it. Everything else I've done on my own. Yes. And see, that's about just like me. Okay. Right now, what is your schedule? If you, you financial free, what does your schedule look like? Are you just, what does it look like right now? Well, the consistent things are, you know, getting up, I go to the gym and see my trainer at eight. I come home, my boyfriend and I, we walk the dogs, probably spend an hour just roaming around the neighborhood, taking a walk, get back, have lunch. He'll take a nap. Um, so it's mostly the Beginning of the day is just like, Routine. as we wish, a pace. Then if there's something else, we're doing a lot of meetings with people now, a lot of podcasts. Um, if we have to check on the properties, we will, but mostly those kind of run themselves so they don't require a lot. So the beginning of the day is kind of set. We know we're going to get up, we're going to go to the gym, we're going to walk the dogs, we're going to eat. And then after that, it's just kind of whatever comes along based on a phone call we might have, an invite for a meeting. Yeah, so it varies. That, all right. So what would you could say contribute the most to your, like you being a financial free, what, um, what's the biggest contribution to that? You know, like was it? Eliminating my living expense, right? Like if you don't have bills to pay, Right. Your need for money is different. So it's not, it doesn't matter how much of a salary I made at any job. If I didn't have bills to pay, that was the game changer. Like that is it living for free. Yes. That, yeah. And I think most people are like, let me make more money, make more money. But at the same time, if you don't know it, what you're doing with the money. No matter how much you get, you're going to be in the same position. Yes. And one of my homeboys, he might be mad I said this, but he was like, I think it was like a, somebody was talking about giving everybody a thousand dollars a month for life. Like what? Not Elon Musk, but somebody was saying that maybe it was Elon. But I was like, even if everybody got an extra thousand dollars a month, people would still be. It wouldn't change because once you get a thousand dollars a month for a year. You just, it's kind of like normal. Now, if we take it away, you might be homeless because you adapted that life to getting $1,000 mm -hmm. a month. You know, like people who be like, I had Section 8 properties before and the person be on Section 8 for like years and they can't get off of it because they only used to paying two, $300 a month. Even right. though they should have been saving all that time, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yes, that's crazy. All right, what, what environment... Do you come up with your best ideas that are you just at home, you and your boyfriend walking? Like where like do you feel like you think best at? Anywhere. Like my brain doesn't stop. <laughs> it is operating nonstop. I wake up at four in the morning and it's just like nonstop. Um, so any and everywhere uh, is the best environment. Dang. Well, maybe take a break, do yoga or something. I try. It doesn't work. It, like, it legit doesn't work. I have not found, if anybody has ideas, I'll take them. I haven't found a way to like slow my brain down or, or shut it out. Oh, wait, I take that back. Salsa dancing. That is the, that is the one break that I get. I'm not working. I'm not using my brain. I'm not thinking about business or anything else. I go dancing and that is the one break my brain gets. Okay. So you probably need to salsa dance a lot. 
y'all need to sign up like because i think I'm not dancing you, enough <laughs> well yeah because i think this like when i do stuff like your salsa dancing is me traveling or something like when i stop working i might be like down in miami when i was down in miami for um a, it was a real estate conference i just seen they were building all these buildings everywhere i'm like man it must be easy to build these buildings but there's cranes everywhere downtown i'm like it just gets me to thinking different when I'm not in my same environment, you know? Yeah, um, that don't help me either. We just came back from vacation. I was there for two weeks. And by the second day, we were having a fight because I was like, you said you was going to work for like at least three hours a day. We not working. You out here playing, vacation and shit. Like, oh. we need to get some stuff done. So <laughs> vacation doesn't help, but salsa dancing does. Oh, man. No, because my, my mom, she always like, you need to take a break. Because I'm kind of like you. I'm, I'm, I'm like, when I wake up just like that, it's always turning. So like me, I have to watch like Sanford and Son. I ride my bike, something like not. Because if not, I watch Shark Tank. And if you're watching that, you're, you should kind of still add numbers and stuff, you know? Mm. Yeah. All right. If you had to teach a class, what would it be called? Or what would a it be class. if you had to teach a uh, class, what would you be teaching? Okay. So I'm going to talk about these courses, right? I would be teaching a path financial independence through real estate investing. It would include four pillars. So kind of budgeting, debt elimination, money management. Then I would show you how to eliminate your expenses through a house hack and accumulate, build a real estate portfolio. A part of that would be teaching you how to operate an Airbnb so you can maximize the income from your real estate portfolio. And then I would teach travel hacking, point hacking, so that while you're doing all of this hard work, you're still having a little fun, but being able to maintain your financial principles because you should be taking trips without paying for them. Dang. You're probably teaching this for free right now. You don't even know it. You talk to people a lot about this, helping them. Yeah, I'll tell anybody whatever they want to know, like, they don't do it, <laughs> but yeah. I'll tell them. So, you know, you know what I did you, in which you can start doing this because I was in the same, I've been on the phone with my homeboys for an hour telling them do this, do that. They don't do it. But I had like so far, probably like maybe five or six people like sign up. Like I talked to them like through Zoom and they had paid me um, to teach them and every single person in bought a house since. People, if they, like, you got to make, like, hey, I'm going to tell you, but it's going to cost you $100. If they spend money on it, if they willing to spend money on it, it may mean they're serious. I don't know, you know? Yeah, we'll see. Um, For now, I'm just, anybody that calls or reaches out, I usually respond or answer, but we are trying to get more strategic about it and, like, streamline that outreach so that we can have cast a wider net. So that's why we created the courses and are offering those starting this summer. Okay. No, that's good. Financial literacy, they forgot to teach it in school, so you have a whole bunch of customers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. These are like the five last questions. First thing come to your head, right? If you could spend a day with the, anybody, like to pick that brand mentor, who would it be? Will Smith. He's my favorite everything. After the incident, too? <laughs> Don't matter. He's my favorite everything. That's the first Will Smith. Okay. Why do you think Will Smith um, is a business person, entrepreneur? Think he, or he no, got I really think he team? is the best at what he's done. If you look at his track record from music to acting, 
he's always performed at a very high level. And then throughout that journey, he's had to, had to do a lot of self-work. Um, and I just like him. Okay. <laughs> Will Smith, you see this calling. All right. What would be your spirit animal? Like an animal that you say, oh, that remind me of me or, you know? Um, probably a bird. Right now I'm into blue jays. So I'll go with that one. <laughs> Okay, when you see a bird, what do you think? Good luck? No, freedom. Like, freedom. they out here doing what they want to do, going wherever they want to go. That sounds great. It's, yes, it's like, our, there. no worries. No, but, man, people don't even understand. Like, freedom, like, I used to hate Mondays. Like, I hated Mondays so bad, I was just cry almost. Like, I don't want to go to work. Like, somebody be like, you got work tomorrow? And I'd be like, why did you say it? I wasn't thinking about it. You know, but exactly. <laughs> but oh, now yeah. I love Mondays because it's like everybody go back to work and I can go, you know, focus. It's not like because the weekend I get like, you know, you gotta just stop and do what you gotta do. But like financial freedom is like the new millionaire, if that makes sense. Yeah. 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 I'm a, it's like a, a freedom air, right? You know what I'm saying? Like I'll take my freedom any day over a million dollar salary but I'm sacrificing 60 hours a week to get that. Yes. So people, like you said with Will Smith, I think, um, do, man, financial freedom need a course because it's not easy, like you said, but at the same time, it's possible without making, mm -hmm. you know, six figures a year. That's what people need to understand. Absolutely. If you had to recommend one book to a person to help them become financial <laughs> free, what book would it be? Oh, I keep getting asked this question. I ain't read no business books or no real estate books. Any like, book. Any book to help with oh, financial well, all right, freedom. All right, not book, not book. I can tell you some podcasts or something that I've listened to or, you know, things like that. I'm more of a researcher, but I don't have a book. Book, okay. So if you had to, like, if, if people had to want to be financial free, what would you, like, like if you say they're gonna do the research, where, where do they go look? Is it a person or something like that you you like, okay, that's the definition of financial freedom or not really? I'm gonna give you a couple of websites and then I'll tell you some books that I hear people in the five community are are reading. Okay. So the podcast that I listened to, um, well, when I initially began like building my budgeting platform, I listened to Clark, Clark Howard, this is gonna date me, Susie Orman, and a little bit of Dave Ramsey and kind of combine their different processes to create my own. So I will say that you know you better than anybody else. And ultimately, everybody is going to tell you about what worked for them or what they think is good. But you need to create your own path. So that's what I did initially. I created a financial plan that I was going to live by, by researching some things, learning about it, and then developing, okay, this will work for me. And once I developed that, that's what I spent time with. I didn't like read books or about other people's plans or philosophies. Um, I would listen to podcasts like Afford Anything. I would listen to Bigger Pockets Money. And then the more I got into real estate, I would listen to Bigger Pockets. Being in the FI world, I hear people always mention Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I never read it. I hear people mention the four-hour work week. I hear people mention a simple path to wealth. Um, they mentioned your money or your life. So all of these are great places to start. 
But I think I probably just spent a lot of time Googling, I hate my job or I want to quit my job and just reading the articles related to that. And that's how I stumbled upon the FIRE movement. So this is like a um, question, not, I just thought of this. How, so how do you balance your mind constantly going business? How do you um, balance, you know, you, you got a boyfriend. How do you balance that business? And all right, let's just laugh or relax. Like, you know. I mean, funny things happen while you, while you working too. <laughs> so, you know, like, <laughs> it's mostly work and business. I am fortunate to have a very supportive partner that understands that I'm, I'm chasing, chasing money. I'm about business. Those are the things that I enjoy. But while we're doing them, we're still able to laugh about the things that are happening, tell different jokes, just talk about things in general. Um, So maybe it appears to be unbalanced because the thing that we're doing the most of seems to be business related. But I think we're doing it together. That provides balance. We are different people and have different approaches and perspective that provides balance. And we genuinely enjoy talking to each other. So like we might be riding in the car to a property. We're talking about that. We might be looking at properties walking through. We're making jokes about what we're seeing or finding there. So you can find balance wherever you want to find it. You you know what you're talking about. And I think you need a loudspeaker maybe, you know, to get it out to a lot of people, you know? Does that make sense? We'll see. <laughs> well, I just like, cause you know, me, I stopped working a few years ago too. So it's kind of like when you hear somebody talking and what you're saying, it all like, like, and you say you read no books. So when you say, when I asked you earlier, uh, if you know, you, your purpose, whatnot, that's, if you didn't read no books, you know, but you know, it feel like you read every one of the books you just said, honestly, like you, nobody wouldn't know you didn't read none of the books. By the way, it's my best talk. kept secret. <laughs> <It's> my <laughs> best kept secret. <laughs> All right, last a couple questions. What is your favorite place? If you could choose anywhere in the world to live, where would it be? I mean, right now it's right here, right? Like, I like Orlando. Um, this is where I met my partner. My family is within a three-hour drive. I've made a lot of good friends here. So right here is fine. I've moved enough places to know that all the places are the same. The people just look a little different and home is going to be where you form and foster your relationship. So I'm, I'm happy here. Great. Your, the old American dream, you would still be working for what Johnson and Johnson or one of them companies, maybe like a second tier manager, but that's the old American dream. What is your version of the new American dream, you know, from here on out? Mm, to be the owner of me right like I control my time I control my energy I control the things that I invest in or that I'm a part of or not I control me I don't I wake up every day when I want to wake up I'm not concerned about whether a boss or a manager likes me or not or what opportunities they're going to give me because I create my own opportunity so that's my American dream like it's mine I think we should start like a Zoom with financial freedom fam you students. You know, you should probably <laughs> I'm just saying because all my classmates are pretty much successful. Like I just see on Facebook, everybody I look at seem like they're pretty much successful and they all kind of don't work for corporate no more. That's what it looked like. You know, I don't talk to them every day, but I feel like we all went through SBI, you know, 
the little stuff. So you maybe need to, um, cause I don't really have that many people in my inner circle that like, you know, doing what you're doing and stuff like that, you know? Mm, yeah. I, I mean, family produces on some good stuff. We'll say that shout out to fam, <laughs> but SBI, you go one or two ways at SBI, you either become like the VP of a company or you'll be like, this was cool, but I'm going to write my own path. Yes. And a lot of people writing their own paths right now. So mm-hmm. I definitely think we should, um, you know, check on that, but let the people know if they want to reach out, find you, sign up for your classes coming this summer. Where do they go? How do they find you? They can follow me on Instagram at fearless and free FI. And then the website is fearless and free Thanks for coming on new American cream podcast. <laughs> <laughs>